to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. accents you know what you love you're here for it um just three of us today to talk about well we've got we've got a lot to get through um let's be honest um i'm adam miles tarry's with me hi miles hi how you doing yeah good are you are you doing well fancy team okay all of that stuff fantasy team's great uh feeling extra randy as usual so uh good to go i mean it's just as well this is and only audio podcast. Um, Neil, Neil Donahoe, fresh from COVID IR, back healthy. Um, how are you doing? Uh, fine. Uh, I'm, we're determined not to make this a Titans funeral podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Well, we're going to get, we'll get to the elephant in the room um, a bit later. Uh, firstly, we'll, t- we'll talk about the fact that we're a six and two football team um and the the game against the Colts um I've actually having slept on things a bit more optimistic than I was yesterday I wasn't I wasn't in a good place yesterday in fact I wasn't in a good place on Sunday the first half of the game in Indianapolis actually probably more than that I was just I don't know I was convinced we were going to lose and nothing that I saw until late in the game um changed my mind um Neil, you were actually more chipper in in our WhatsApp group about things. I think you were, yeah, you just seemed confident from the get go. I, I mean, even at fourteen nil, uh, I genuinely thought we were going to win game I, I, because I just think what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, and especially since the Jets game, and and I'm fully aware we've seen this from Titans teams <laughs> before, where they felt disrespected and then they've come out and put two massive performances together. But I just think. There's a massively different spirit between last year and this year. Last year, we had a good performance in us and we could put on a show in certain situations. But I think this year, we can win ugly. I mean, that penalty, the the amount of yardage we gave up in penalties, I don't know how you win a game when that happens. I don't know what the stats are or the numbers on that, but... I, I, I wouldn't, do you know, I wouldn't see it like that because Carson Wentz did the same, the Colts did the same against the 49ers last week yeah. where they're, they're, they're throwing for, for PI penalties. And so that, that's going to throw those stats way, way up in the air. So they're getting penalty yards instead of passing yards just by the, by I what just they're think doing. It's, I just think it's testament to, to the spirit of the team. I just think 
they seem to have found this iron will over the last three weeks where they'll overcome any setback. And I'm sure we'll get to a, a, another setback later. But I just think, regardless of game script and regardless of whatever setbacks they have in games, I just think there's a determination and a will to win. And I, and it's not something that I've seen from a Titans team since probably the run to the AFC title game. It's got a similar vibe. Yeah, that... I, get, I mean, the downside is there's not always the consistency. But I'm, I'm not sure we've as, as polished as a roster as, say, the, the Rams or someone like that, who, funnily enough, we're about to face. Um, but you, you're going to get a bit of hit and miss with this team, I think. We're a bit rough around the edges, but when you... You pull in the same direction that we seem to we seem to do on Sunday. Some great things can happen. Uh, for, Fourteen nothing. I mean, it's not like the world seems to think that with Derek Henry and built the way we are is we're hopeless if you go a score or two down. That's it. But it's not true. Uh, we can find we find ways to get it done. I mean, fourteen nothing, and actually not looking great. I mean, it was a it was an ugly start. Uh, that Tannehill interception think uh, the Colts moving the ball two fourth down conversions when they they started and then we get the ball immediate well almost immediately a turnover it might be the second play um first play after that the Colts score again and I, I think this this looks ugly but yeah as, as you say um Miles I think you were you're probably more positive uh you're more positive than most anyway <laughs> um but yeah, when I was all set to put my head in a blender at that point, um, you're probably a bit more like Neil. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll just start by saying Neil, it was uh, it'll 161 penalty yards we gave away uh, yeah. in the end in the game, which was more than double what they did. Um, I was working during the game and I had decided to have a cheeky little break to see what the uh, how the game had started, and it was 14 nil down. Um, so I had the I'll call it the luxury of knowing that I had to go back to work and I had, I couldn't watch what could have turned into something disastrous, having watched the full game back. I mean, the Tannehill interception, I mean, you're thrown into, what, four-man coverage, what it looked like. It wasn't a smart play. But fair play to them. They, they moved on from it very quickly. And the moment they actually got a chance to get the ball back and make some plays, they've gone down the other end. And, I mean, to concede two touchdowns in the first quarter, but then match it yourselves and repeat that in the second quarter shows an awful lot about the team and that they don't dwell on what's happened. And I think that's sort of what happened with the Jets game. We need to accept it happened. We moved on and we've gone on this really crazy run now of knocking teams aside that let's be honest, most people didn't expect. I say most people being anyone who's not as stupid as myself. Um, but the <laughs> team, it, it, it is, it's the team almost has that mentality of, it's what every great quarterback has where when they make a mistake, they just go, okay, I've made a mistake and I'm, they move on. And that really seems to be what the Titans are about. It's like, we've given away a second touchdown. Ah, oh, well, let's just go do what we do. And getting the tight ends involved, getting Brown involved, and obviously not as much Henry as we'd like to see, but getting everyone involved. Everyone's making plays for this team. It's not, it's, it's not one individual which is what I'm particularly happy to see. I mean, seeing Schwaim, who I think Greg has picked out, has looked useless in some games, making a play. And then seeing uh, McNichol, sorry, not McNichol, sorry, uh, Westbrook also make a play. It's, it's everyone's getting involved. Everyone's getting on the same mentality. And it's going forward into games like the Rams and stuff. It's the reason I think some people are probably a lot more confident than they should be because 
there's a real strong mentality amongst the team at the moment. Well, shout out to the coaching staff in general. Mm-hmm. You know, what we didn't do is panic in any way. Quite the opposite. And when you give your two scores down, very easy for a lot of teams. And we, we've we've been critical of Mike Brable in the past for in-game management, arguably being a, a bit hot-headed. Um, I suspect, you know, it's, it's his first gig as a head coach. He's not, he's, well, um, early, mid-40s. He's not an old guy, you know, relatively inexperienced, but he's learning. And I think he's 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 getting better. I don't, I don't think, I can't remember recently where it's been like a fourth and three or that, that kind of a part of the field where you're not sure whether to go for it or you're not sure whether to stick or twist. I think he's he's got those calls right of late. Yeah, definitely. Um, You've got to give him credit for the way he manages games now because it's night and day to the first couple of seasons. It's night and day to uh, Luke Stocker up the middle. For <laughs> <not again. laughs> um, but I think that it's a cliche, but if ever if ever a team were a reflection of the coach, it's, it's what we are. You know, the, we are rough right edges, a bit like Mike Vrabel is, but also Mike Vrabel's endearing qualities come out in the team. Is 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 unwillingness to accept defeat, and it's it's claw for every sort of inch type of attitude. It's seeped through into every single area of the team. It feels like a tight locker room, doesn't it? Yeah, Ev- everyone's pulling for each other, and that yeah. that comes from the top. You don't get the sense of yeah. You know, I I you watch those videos that I mean Nate and the the, the Titan social media so they they'll stick the. Uh, post-game videos of Mike Brable in the locker room, and you'd run through a wall for that guy. And and yeah. you know, and you look at it, and it's genuine. Every everyone's buying into it. Everyone. You know, you, you, there aren't, but there aren't bad apples in there. If there are bad apples, it's dealt with in the right way. You just feel that, um, it's it's a good place to be. And the size of an NFL locker room, yeah, it's a, a lot of people. I mean, I loved all that stuff after uh, the Kansas City game. Especially AJ Brown saying you don't win Super Bowls in week seven and things like that. I mean, I love to hear that yeah. stuff because we have been uh, the some of this group of players has been guilty of talking too much in past, and I think there's a lot more there's a lot more mature, um, level headed kind of atmosphere and attitude around us at the minute. I don't, you know, don't don't get me wrong. When something doesn't go your way, uh, you might scream at somebody. Every, every, you know, if you're only human in any sport, heat at the moment, you, there, there's going to be a bit of that. But you just feel that they'll lose as a team, win as a team, and the the priorities are, are just aligned. And it just feels it feels like a it just feels like a good place to be. I, I just feel proud to be a Titans fan at the moment. You know, yeah. I think we um, brought it up last week about how even outside of the of, of the field and the locker room, how just the whole team feels in terms of fan base in terms of the fans getting involved with a lot more things and the ownership and everything i mean even titans twitter i mean obviously we'll do the non uh non-titans uh, non-content titans twitter feed is a uh, an amazing place to go for anyone who hasn't been on the non-context titans but um other other than i mean i noticed before the game and i think it happened in uh i think it was the kansas game where tyron matthew called out the kansas fans in a tweet saying how bad they were or something but so you like 
you don't notice that with the Titans. It seems nothing like that. Everyone seems oh, I, to be I getting... don't know. Titans Twitter are now arguing about whether it's AD or AP for Adrian Peterson. I mean, if that's as bad as it gets, well, and honestly, and I, I don't like to cut off fanbase, but Colts Twitter, you guys need to really seek help with just all your opinions <laughs> and thoughts because you, the lot of you have got major issues. And I pray that you listen to this podcast for some um, some sanity because you guys have got issues. But just as a whole, just I think it's since the Taylor Lewan incident, it's just felt like. Everything's moved on. It's it's the exact same on the field as off the field. He's like, all right, it's it happened. Like, let's get stuck together now. We know this team has galvanized. Galvanized is the perfect word. Yeah. Um, and if we had the rights, I'm sure we could play it now by the Chemical Brothers, but we won't do. <laughs> um, but that's just how it feels. It just feels like the locker room outside of the locker room. It's all clicking together at the right time. Yeah, I, that, <laughs> for some reason this has popped into my head. There was. Uh, the fact that Spero Dedes, I'm never sure how you pronounce his name, and Jay Feely on on commentary, um, that challenge early, uh, I think it was in the first half. Um, <laughs> I've seen I've seen some bizarre takes in my time, um, but third and long, and AJ Brown caught a pass just short of the first down marker. You're still punting, fine. Um, what's the, what's the harm? You, you challenge, you get ten yards. You put ten yards further up the field. And it's a no-brainer. You could see he's caught the ball. Mike Brable throws the challenge flag. And there are people say, why, why, why waste a challenge on that? I say, well, how many times do you get through two challenges? <laughs> like, how often How often do you see that? But it, um, it's and not you, a waste if, of a challenge. If it's if there's clear daylight between the ball and the field, it isn't a waste of a challenge. You know you're going to win it, obviously. I, I just couldn't get my head around that. And it's, it, seemed, it seemed bizarre. And the fact that there was, a, I think, that punt, Ended up being there was a good return on the pump, but you, it's nothing to do with challenge. <laughs> yeah. You want to be field positions, everything in a game like that. I think I tweeted uh, something from uh, from our, from Transatlantic Twitter saying uh, an extra ten yards is, is literally a gold when you've got Brett Kern. And okay. um, back to what Miles um, was saying, loads of Colts fans at Impact McAfee in mentions. Uh, oh, there's there's something <laughs> as, if, <laughs> as if it were. Uh, all relevant to what the point I was trying to make. There's, there's something where he's he's made a joke in the past, I think, Pat, or Pat McAfee has about the fact that Titans fans have never seen him on the field, <laughs> which which is quite funny to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So his entire career was punting when they had Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. <laughs> it can't, yeah, fair play, your sense of humour. Um, I, I suspect that's what a lot of that's about. Yeah, but we we saw. Well, we saw a bit of um I've forgotten the name of the, the Colts punter. Um that's poor. Rigoberto Sanchez, that's the one, yeah, yeah. Um, Sanchez. Um, but we saw a little bit of him, but we, we perhaps didn't see as much of him as you might have done because the Colts turned the ball over a little bit. Um one, one play that I want to talk about, which was huge momentum shift was the second Tannehill interception. Now, I think it's fair to say we we got a, we got a huge break. We got away with one. I don't mean the the refs bungled it at all because it's quite clear there's a replay which shows that the Titans recovered that fumble, but um the double turnover play, which is one of my favorite things anyway, especially as a neutral, but the oh, 
I, that must be awful as a Colts fan. You've you've in, you've just intercepted Ryan Tannehill, and not just a fumble, but the guy um, fell down, injured himself. I think his, his knee gave way or something. It looked it looked pretty bad. You got a feel for him. Um, what one of those things, and they immediately give up possession. Not only is it a, a bang bang, we've got the ball back, but we were short of the sticks. It was third and long. We were short of the yeah. sticks anyway. Um, suddenly first and ten again, and that. That felt pivotal, and it was a bit of luck. <laughs> we should take it when we get it. You don't. We don't often feel like we get the rub of the green sometimes, um, but we we did there and took full advantage and got ourselves back into that game. From from then on, I mean, Tannehill, I'm a bit concerned for how he is versus the last couple of years, a little bit, if I'm honest. But I think from from then on, he he stepped it up and just. I think to a certain extent took what the defense gave us um, and yeah. rather than forcing those throws that he was early in the game just keep keeping a bit more simple and adapted did, did what we need to do yeah I think um, we took real advantage of the RPO option uh, in the game so uh, I was just read I said RPO option is in the run pass option option um, <laughs> but <laughs> Tannehill, was getting, Tannehill was getting a lot of luck out of it that's like I saying mean, pin I- number isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> But it's um, the way that you, the way that he sort of took advantage of that, and the defense was fully committing to the run. Going down for the next few weeks, we'll see how that works out with different options. But I think he really took advantage of that as well. I mean, coming out as a receiver in college, you can really see that in Tannehill that when he runs with the ball, he really runs with purpose. And I think it's something that we're going to need to use a lot more going forward. I mean, he's not afraid to lower his uh, shoulder pads on someone. But I think when it comes to the play call, and we mentioned it last week, how we're really trying to simplify the game a little bit. We need to appreciate that AJ Brown is probably one of the best receivers in the league after he's caught the ball. Again, we saw examples of that in the game where he was catching the ball, but then actually most of the yards were coming after that. So I feel, I feel well, as though it's that's his, something. His touchdown. Not yeah. Ninety percent of receivers aren't scoring there. Exactly. And it's something that we need to really lean on. I mean, we can see that a lot of our plays are actually coming from tight ends. And I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see how it actually compares to the rest of the league. But a tight end is normally some of what I we used to say with Mariota with uh, Walker is like their safety blanket. They just dump it down to him and normally they get a quick yardage. Tannehill's using that an awful lot, especially when it comes to the red zone and that sort of area of the ball and I feel that again that's trying to simplify the game for him it's a little quick dump down so he's not spending I think he got sacked three times against the Colts this time round um and a couple of times he was under pressure a little bit but I'm a worried I'm not as worried as I was a few weeks ago and I think again it comes down to the coaching which it feels rare that we keep on giving well done to the coaching but they are calling better plays for him and going forward the next few weeks we're coming up against again defenses that are known for their um attack up front with the defensive line and it'll be interesting to see how he how he survives the next few games but I'm not as worried as I was if I'm honest I mean it's a normal sentence for myself to say I'm not worried about the Titans but (laughs) Tannehill in the pocket he's still making dumb throws and like we said the interception was stupid but I still feel like he's doing enough to keep us in the game he's not thrown away games yet do you know the difference between the Tannehill we have and the Tannehill that people Oh, I don't. I don't want to mention specific famous Dolphins fans in the in the media in this country. 
Um, but when they're watching the Titans Colts game and bringing it to you for Sky, um, they've they're not watching every Titans game, and they've prob- they've got the old Dolphins version of Tannehill in their head, and the the version we've got is a lot mentally tougher. And he'll throw that interception and it's not affecting what he does on the next drive. So my memory of Tannehill as a Dolphin is he's someone who would make that boneheaded play and then try and overcompensate the next time round. And that just spirals, doesn't it? Um, We're not seeing that. It's just not panicking. It's all right. Okay, that's done. Um, I'm not going to do anything silly to to make up for it. I'm going to make I'm just going to make the right decision, the best decision I can on any given play, and it's working. I'll I'll tell you what I'll give him massive respect for and what I love him for. It it makes born-headed throws when they don't matter. You think of a time when Ryan Tannehill had to have a play and he made a dumb throw since he's been with Tennessee. It hadn't happened. In in the key moments, he's absolutely cool as ice. When he's got to have a play, got to have a touchdown, got to have a big third down, he generally, generally comes up with the goods. Well, it's this narrative again of the Titans not coming from behind. It's nonsense. How many? So many fourth quarter comebacks, like more than I think more than any other QB in the league in the last two and a half years, two years, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, he got um, sacked out of field goal range in overtime, and he had to have that next play. Yeah, yeah. And and he came up with it, and that and that's what he's done ever since he's been in Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. That the the final sequence of that game was incredible. Looking back. Um, the the Colts, well, two minutes or so left. Um, Brett Kern, the goat, sticks them, pins them in inside their own ten, or sort of about their five. And you're thinking, okay, that's good. It was the right call to punt there. Uh, we, it was fourth and a bit too long to go for it. I I, I thought it was the right call to punt. As I, as I said earlier, I think Brable got those decisions right. Um, but the fact that we've got Brett Kern, he can pin them deep. You think, okay. We've got to keep them out, keep them out of field goal range. But we've got a, we've got a chance because of how, how much of the field they've got to cover. And immediately there's Wentz under pressure in his own end zone. Ironically, had it been a safety, had we managed to sack him, that would have been preferable. We'd, we'd have got the ball back with the league, with the league, with the lead, and been able to run out the clock. Um, as it as it transpires, the seven points was great, but no time off the clock. Colts got the ball back and. Then there's the horror of another defensive pass interference, which you could kind of see coming. Uh, we had, uh, I've forgotten who, who it was to blame with one earlier in the game, Hooker, I think. Um, but then Kevin Byard, for as many great things as he's been doing of late, um, it was on him at the end. Um, but didn't he half make up for it? Wow. Yeah, I feel like um, I need to do a... I mean, last week I, I sort of apologised. I think I'm going to have to do a proper formal apology or something. I'm Tell you what, I'll do it right now. I am officially sorry <laughs> for all the bad things I've said over the past year towards uh, Mr. Bayard. It, it's just... I, I, I continue to say it's me motivating him. He doesn't know I exist, but it's true. He is... Just becoming that they, safety. They pin your words in the locker room, Mars. That, you see happening. in the corner that my, it's next to my poem that Kay has on GMFB, just there to motivate to never come to the UK. Um, <laughs> but no, it's 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 so he's just he's everywhere. He's what a safety should be. He's on every single play, ball hawking. He's he's just every single play now. It used to be 
that he would be the one who's having missed coverage, there's no one near the ball, missing tackles. Now, every single big play, even if it's not him making the play, he's there. And it, he's, he's, got, he's, he's, he's got a sort of swagger about him, like a yeah, not a, not in an arrogant way, because I think he's he's quite he's quite a nice guy. I don't think he's that sort of person, but there's this sort of confidence that's back, isn't there? Like he he's his instincts are generally right of where to be, and I I, I can't put my finger on it. It probably did go missing a bit, whether that's the scheming, the coaching, the players he's got around him, probably all of them. Uh, but for whatever's happened, it's worked, and he's he's got it back. Yeah, I think I think Miles is, is correct in what he's saying that he's all over the field. I think he's yeah. one of those safeties like like Tyron Matthew, like Troy Polamalu back in his day. When we are on defense, you can't help but take your eyes off him. Is it is it, buzzing around every play? Even he's like, got the he's got the field in front of him, and he 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 see he seems to see everything, and yeah. he's wherever he needs to be. I, I mean, I genuinely can't. Thing in my time as a Titans fan, which is pushing 25 years now, I can't think of a, a player who's being as not as inf- not maybe he's not as influential, but absolutely at the top of his game in that position. We've had sort of good defensive backs and good safeties and good linebackers, but as far as a true all pro, yeah, I think is the is the best we've had in my time. Safety, certainly. I mean, I I think of Michael Griffin. um, It is, yeah, probably three or four years. He was, he was that sort, that sort of level. I would say, but yeah, I just think he's Bayard's probably a step above. I'd agree, and he's a leader. He, he, he seems to have got that back. Maybe that deserted him for a bit, but he galvanizes others. Yeah, and he leads by example as well. Mm. You know, when he, when he, when he. When he caused that pass interception, uh, that sorry, that uh, uh, pass interference, he never turned his head back, which it probably would have got called anyway. But I'll never understand why he swiped at the ball either. But then he goes and makes and makes the play five yeah. or six minutes later, yeah. and that's just like testament to his character. And every other player on that defense looks at that and thinks that guy's leading by example. We make a mistake, we forget about it, and we we move on to the next play. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And the perform the performance against KC was more complete. Like the first half, it was flawless football, really, for the Titans. But this this was this was back to what what we seem to know better of of getting the job done, however we need to do it. And it yeah, we're all going to die a bit younger for following this team. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the one thing that really needs to be taken credit for is the Kansas game. It was a great result, but Kansas are a bit of a wounded element at the moment. This was a game the Colts could not afford to lose. Like they before this game, it was constantly going on that if the Colts lose this game, that's division basically done. We need to we need to do such a bottle job to actually lose it now. And you that, saw the way the, that that's why I had a bad feeling about it. I think I think it, it yeah. just the Colts came out out the cannon like someone who had had. Something rammed up them to say this is important, and we were mm. going at this game with form and motivation to continue that form. But the Colts couldn't afford to lose this game, and that's why you saw such a quick soften. But the Titans shown, the, like we said, how they galvanized. They they knew they were against it early on, and went right. We just need to go back to basics like we were doing, which is the thing that gone through the Bills game. It's the thing that gone through the Kansas game of just doing what they know best, yeah. not not panicking. 
And, and the other thing I wanted to mention about Bad, it's, it's no coincidence that we're seeing how Landry have his best um, season. When you've got a safety here, when the quarterback's looking up, you see the big red sleeve, Superman-esque. <laughs> it's actually yeah, yeah. on the man that he's about to throw the ball to. So then Landry's suddenly like, well, hold on. This, the quarterback's holding on to the ball so much longer than I think they have done in the previous 18 months. And that's, again, testament to the way Bayard's coverage is giving the guys up front so much more time to get to the QB. And you saw with the Wentz uh, amazing left-handed, I don't even class it as a thrill, that interception pick six. But again, he he just had no time. The, the, everyone was in his face and the ball he wanted to throw to, Bayard was covering yeah. the man. Yeah, when, when Bayard plays like Bayard, you, you pretty much take away half a field. Which yep. is, I think, what I think what Miles is saying there. You, you pretty much eliminate half the field. And and the pass rush, you know, they one one thing helps the other, which in turn helps the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. it, it, we're a much better place than we have been of late. That's for sure. I think, I think obviously going back to like thinking about the next play and forgetting what's happened. I think it, like when you go back to when we were fourteen 0 down, we didn't try and get twenty one. You get seven. Then you play defense. Then you can't you get, get twenty-one seven. on one play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. get seven. Then you play defense. Then you get another seven. And I think that mentality is what's got us to the number one seed. And it's it's going to be so important that we're there. Six and two, three games ahead of the Colts in the AFC South, plus the tiebreaker, which isn't going to change because we've played them twice this season already. So it's it's a massive spot and. Regardless of anything else that happens, you would think hard, near, nigh on impossible to not win the division from here. I don't want to jinx anything or anything ridiculous, but all the percentages are 90-whatever higher. So that's vital, and even more so vital given the news that's happened since Sunday um, of, of Derek's foot injury. So we could tell that something wasn't right early in the game. He was limping a bit, but he wasn't. he wasn't, didn't have that... Et- edge that push that sort of that speed any of it it was missing it what he wasn't quite right we could see that we didn't know how serious it was clearly the coaching staff didn't know how serious it was otherwise he'd have been out the game um so i don't buy any of the non any of that nonsense of of blaming us for blaming them for keeping him in um i'm not i'm not on board with that uh, if if any if mike brable um, Todd Downing, whoever knew the significance of the injury, there's no way he'd have still been in. Um, but what's happened has happened. He's had surgery. I think he's got it today um, uh, to fix his foot, to fix the the metatarsal. Do you? I'm sure you you remember the 2002 <laughs> World Cup. So <laughs> it's the infamous Wayne Rooney injury that suddenly became the most popular injury. It's like ACLs is all you hear about yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Heard about after Rooney getting the metatarsal was everyone else getting a metatarsal injury? Uh, it was it was Bex before that, and I think the yeah. trip up, and the, we're all collectively as a as a nation hoping that you know willing him his foot back to health. Um, if there's somebody who's who's going to be motivated and put in the hard yards and do everything they possibly can to get back and get back strong, it's Derek Henry. Um, so it's six to ten weeks is the what we've been told. Um, knowing that man like I do, he'll be making damn sure it's closer to six and ten. Um, but but do you know what? Even if it's ten, that's that's going to take us. This is week eight. That's going to take us to the end of the regular season. If we we make sure the division, we're going to have a home game. 
a fresh Derek Henry back for the playoffs? No one wants that. No, and when I say no one, everyone in the Titans does, but no one in the league wants. And let's be honest, if you ask my personal opinion, I say we do sit him out to the playoffs. I think this team has got enough to get as, uh, I think, let him get as fresh as he can be and just absolutely demolish. I mean, the only person that disagrees with me is probably Harry with his MVP bet for Derrick Henry, which I've got to be honest, I can't see it happening now. unless well, some... Yeah, that, that's off the table. But what's, what's can, more important? Super Bowl for my yeah. bet, but um, a fresh Derrick Henry in the playoffs, I mean... He was on board for, what, 450 touches or something this season or something silly? We've suddenly take away 300 of them or whatever it is now. it's No one's going to want to meet Derrick Henry in playoff season when it's cold football and it's fully fresh. No, uh, no, uh, um, no runs on them legs for a few couple of months. I'm, I'm happy for him to have a little bit of rest and uh, let all day Peterson have a go. Yeah, what, what a signing that is. I mean... It's, it's, it's something, that, something that we've not really discussed. Something that we've not really discussed is like, what if somebody emerges in Derrick Henry's absence as well? And that guy is sort of playing at a decent level and then Derrick Henry comes back. That makes us, that gives us an even, even more dimensions. Say, yeah. say Jeremy McNichols starts playing to a decent level or a, or a fairly competent level, then Derrick Henry comes back. Then you'll have the true one-two punch that you were meant to have when you drafted Darrington Evans. It's interesting with McNichols because we don't we don't really talk about him, but he's he's been the number two back to Henry for a couple of years now, and there's been there's been Darrington Evans, um, we've had Foreman, we've had Sergeant, I think Sergeant's been just been waived, uh, but some other names that you think oh they're probably on paper going to nip ahead of McNichols, but he's kept them all out, he's kept them all out of that that number two spot. I think even with Peterson, uh, and ironically, I think. Foreman as well, who's who's joined the practice squad. I still think we'll see plenty of McNichols. Yeah, I think Peterson's there to get you a yard or two yeah, yards or yeah. three yards, you know, short yardage. And 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 I honestly think he's still got a lot to offer. Um, it's I his numbers at the Lions last year were well, not too shabby. Yeah, I read somewhere he needs 450 yards to pass Barry Sanders. It'd be quite cool if he got them in our jersey. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit more optimistic. Just do, just doing the maths on what we need to do um, to to win the division. It, it isn't a lot. Um, the Colts have got three wins with ten games. So yeah, nine games to go. Um, so they, you know, say they win six of them, that that takes them to nine wins. We've, we'd only have to get three wins from now to win the division. From our last, yeah, it's 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 really favourable. It's so favourable. Um, We've we've got LA, LA Rams, who seem, I would say, I can't think of anybody in the NFL better than them right now. And if there's anyone you could maybe argue that are better than them right now, that we've beaten them in the last couple of weeks. So, fine, it's a tough trip. If we don't get the result, I'm all right with that. Um, I think there's there are plenty of winnable games down the stretch without Henry. Um, or whatever whatever our roster looks like. Um, I, I, I actually got some confidence in the coaching staff to do what we've got to do, get Julio back strong and get him more involved. Um, we're going to have, yeah, obviously there'll be more of a passing game than, than we're used to. But yeah, we'll make adjustments. I think we'll make it work. I really do. 
I don't understand how like people everything's so black and white when people analyse how, how we play. Like when people say, "Oh, um, you're now not going to see eight man fronts because uh, there's no Derek Henry and nobody respects the run game." Yeah, but we will have a run game. We will have a run game of such. You can't just neglect the box completely because you're selling out to stop to stop AJ Brown and Julio. And you're talking about AJ Brown and Julio, two guys that have been double teamed every time they've stepped on a football field. Do you know what I mean? Double teams are, are nothing new for those guys. I think that I think there's uh, I think we could we could build a different type of running game, but one that's still effective. Yeah, absolutely. We've had we've had running games in the past before before Derek. I mean, it's yeah. it's hard to imagine a world without Derek Henry for the Titans, but there was one. I mean, it no, might he... be two or three games of turning people over on the roster to find that guy, but I think a guy will emerge. It, it, might, it might be a bit of a committee, but yeah, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah I... currently in Baltimore, they're running with Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman and yeah. me. Um, it's it's there, there's an argument to say it in the position. Some people agree that you should pay a running back, and some people don't. And there are arguments in Chicago. They lost their running back, and then this Herbert that's coming has suddenly blown up their whole offense. It's yeah. it's not it's not unbelievable to suggest a McNichols Peterson or even if we decide to do a really cheap trade there's people like I mean I don't fancy Melvin Gordon personally there are names out there that I wouldn't be shocked if we think going forward yeah maybe we fancy a one-two punch like they've gotten uh, the Cowboys with Zeke and Pollard there's nothing to say that this offense is going to suddenly it, it to me it's almost impossible to say we're just going to give up on the running game because that's not what, what this no, offense is You'd have like, to completely the playbooks, and it's just not the sort of thing to do. And we're seeing Brown now fully fit. I, I, in my opinion, we're we're now seeing Julio's going to now have to start stepping up a little bit. But we we've had players like Corey Davis and stuff last year that we were we were winning games with. Our offense is better this year than it was last year. Henry, yes, is a big miss, but in terms of the plays we're making from tight end and from wide receiver. We've improved, and going forward, I don't see it being an issue. Yes, Tannehill might take a step back, but it's going to be I, enough. I think to get... The bottom line, the bottom line is, don't we can't disguise the fact that it's a it's a massive loss. The yeah. the the best player on the team getting injured is a massive loss. He's like we've we've talked to, we've racked lyrical about Henry for weeks, months, years, um, and no other team's got a guy like him. Don't don't pretend that. This loss is trivial. It's not. But six and two, the position we're in, we've not gone from a one by one seed chasing team in the AFC to two and 14 sort of team. That's not what's happened here. We're going to be capable of winning games. We've got enough of a head start that we'll win enough games. We've just got to get we've just got to get there and he'll come back. I, I just don't see it. I don't see any scenario where I don't see a scenario where other teams are just going to come with three man fronts and say run into this because well, we're we selling will, out to stop the wide receivers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't see. It's not. It's not a subtract Derrick Henry and this happens for certain. It, it, the sport's never that, that cut and dried, but the analysis always seems to be. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And it, it, I, I, it's it's saying it's quite insulting. You the. Almost looking at the Titans, saying, "Well, no Henry. Oh, de- defenses will just just stop the pass. Simple as that." Well, actually, we've got talented players and talented coaches yeah. that can work out what to do 
to take what the defense gives you. They're, yeah. they're all running. Behind, they're running behind blazing game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the whole time, yeah. you, you tell me a linebacker is going to look in front of Adrian Peterson and go, he's going to do nothing. Come on. He's, his it's name alone will make yeah. defenses feel like they need to fill gaps. Yeah. I mean, if you, you take the stickers off their helmets and you say, right, you've got Ryan Tannehill having the best three-season stretch of his career, throwing to AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and you'd think, yeah, they've got a chance. That, that team should be decent. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's not like we've suddenly got a team where you're throwing to Dory or Green Beckham. Uh, with no. Bishop Sankey in the backfield, no. <laughs> you know it. What is yeah. Sankey doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. There's the double AF still going. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it it was a blow. Obviously, it's a big, big blow that's tough to take. But we'll ride this. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We'll ride this. And other bit of news which I found a bit bizarre is. Avery Williamson and his return to the team, what, three, four weeks ago? Um, he's just he's just been released today. Now, he didn't really feature um, as uh, in a linebacker position anyway. I think he had some special team snaps. Um, you know, we've got Monty who played played a bit ahead of him. So I'm not sure I'm not sure what happened there. Um, obviously we 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 loved Avery from before. Went to the Jets and then and then the Steelers and came back. But I, I, I don't know, Miles, if you've got any a view on this or any idea why it didn't work. I mean, who's to say it didn't work when it comes to uh, having an extra person in the locker room who's a positive impact, even with your voice? This team has just come up yeah, against the yeah. Bills and the Chiefs and the improvement from the linebacker group. Sometimes it's... You need to get that extra person in there to make the current players realise that you're not guaranteed a position. You're not guaranteed a job. It could have been just one of them off situations where they thought, right, we can get someone in who's a positive attitude. He's been here before. He knows he knows the area. He knows, he knows the foundations of the team. Let's get them up and see if they can be some positive steps in training. And, I mean, Long's been lights out. Even Evans and everyone else, they've all been stepping up since he's come in. I mean... I, I, we've seen that Jalen Smith's been released by the Packers. To me, I think he's a big talent. I don't know if there's an attitude issue with him or something there. But once you start getting released by a couple of teams, the amount that you can demand for a wage-wise starts to dip. Yeah, and I think yeah. this is the sort of opportunity that we can say to him, listen, this defense is only growing. We need someone who can come and come along for the ride. And maybe that's the option. But I mean... He might not have made the impact on the field, Williamson, but I feel like he must have made some form of an impact on this team because they have stepped up. And if that's all he's, if that's, who knows what he was, what he was truly brought in to do, but it it seems to have had a positive effect in some way, anyway. Okay. I, I don't, I don't think uh, Robinson and Rabel are scared to make moves. I think that's one thing you can say about them. I think they've not always been perfect moves or they've not always been successful moves, but they've not been afraid to make decisions in season or during seasons. And they're, think... they're, they're not shying away from making decisions that actually admit that they were wrong previously. No, no, definitely not. I, I think uh, the, reason, the reason Avery Williamson has been released, whatever it may be, will more than likely be a sound one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily a slight on, on him. Or, yeah, we, we, well, we don't, we don't really know, I suppose. Uh, um, yeah, just see the 
a bit of a surprise. But I suppose the fact that he didn't, he wasn't playing at linebacker um, since picking him up. Sure, that that was the, the sign, I guess. Um, yeah. Other, otherwise, I mean, we're we're recording this podcast. I think we're an hour in advance of the trade deadline. Is that right? I think it's today. Yep. Uh, a bit a bit later. Um. So. Yeah, something crazy may have happened by the time you're listening to this. So, yeah, um, we'll hold our hands up. Um, we don't know any more than we, we've just talked about. Um, but regardless of that, I, I'm I'm going to stick my neck out and say, if anything crazy does happen, it's it's probably a good decision for the right reason. You know, we've already gone out and said, right, let's with no me- no messing about. Adrian Peterson, come and come and visit Nashville, and come and help us out. There's no just yeah, barely a day since the news broke. If that, yeah, again, anyone very decisive, which tells me that they obviously think he can still contribute. Yeah, yeah, I think he, yeah, he, he weren't, will. He's, weren't he's, like, what I'm trying to say is, there weren't like a larger list of running backs, which you usually see. Oh, a team's working out running back A, B, C, D, and F. It or Adrian Peterson's coming in, signing to practice squad, and he's going to be elevated to roster, and that were like it effectively. <laughs> I wonder if he was almost in the back of their minds already as a as a fullback. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's dangerous to to sort of think who are we gonna bring in if someone gets injured. And you saw with Henry, who we've now been proven is human. Um, you, yeah. you never really you never really want to plan for that replacement, do you? So I guess they you you have to have a couple of ideas in the back of your mind. And for you know the map in contact throughout the season, I think. You've seen with what the Rams have done trading for Von Miller in the past sort of 24 hours. Would I be shocked if the Titans turn around and think, do you know what, this team stands a real good chance of making a good playoff push and and doing a last-minute trade. Again, like you said, with, with Rabel and the rest of the uh, the team, I, I wouldn't be shocked by it. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a move and they think, right, we really need this push and whether or not it's a second round or a third rounder that we're giving up. If we feel like that's the difference between solidifying um, home advantage in the playoffs or just that extra personnel when it comes to the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked to see it, to be honest, because that's what the team has shown. They, they're risk takers, whether it be draft or trade. I mean, it's Julio Jones was a statement signing. And then when we have Farley and Simmons in statement drafts, where it's like, these could be game breakers, let's, let's take a chance on them. Who knows in the next day, I wouldn't be shocked if something came in. Yeah, Because if we, we don't... Are, essentially, we are built to win. We, over the last couple of over the last couple of seasons since since we lost in the FC Championship game, we've been chasing the Super Bowl and making signings to reflect that. So regardless of, of Derek Henry's injury, that plan doesn't change. This this team is built to win now. So if there's a move to be made that can can help that along, I agree with Miles. It, it would not surprise me one bit. I get this. All takes me back to I mean, John Robinson. We are we are behaving like a Super Bowl contender. We're not going to die wandering. We're not going to not win a Super Bowl because we haven't tried everything we possibly can. It goes back to Clowney. It goes back to drafting someone like Farley, even uh, Asiah Wilson. Yeah, some of the, not everything's worked. And Robinson gets criticised by some for these so-called misses. But I, I, I wanted to... This is how I want a team as good as we should be to be drafting and be trying to be as good as we possibly can be you've got to take the odd risk you've got to you've got to say right we're done with being mediocre or doing the safe thing 
Henry's gone down. Yeah, go and get Peterson. Go and get someone with a big ceiling who could who could do some great things to help us. Yeah. Don't don't just settle for going back into the pack. Um, it, and as as I keep saying, it helps the fact we're six and two and three games plus a tiebreak against the Colts. Have I mentioned that? Ha <laughs> 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 There we go. I, I'm whatever happens at the Rabs happens. I don't I don't think there's much need to to really really talk more about that. The Rams are a fantastic football team. They'll be at home on Sunday night, prime time. Um, we've done all right in prime time against the Bills. Um, we were on Sky, which we th- we were. We all think's a jinx, and we came through that. We've just beaten the Colts on Sky in the UK. Um, yeah, br- bring it on. Um, whatever happens, happens. I'm good with it. Um, yeah, they're a, a good a good sighter for the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it? No, it's, it, I wouldn't be shocked if it gets mentioned here or there. But let's be honest, I'll do lazy broadcasting and go. Henry's out. How will the Titans do without Henry? I already know that's what all the talk of the pre-match is going to be. So the time should be like, you know, let's go out there and show what we're going to be like without Henry. Come out firing and let's yeah. really put to him. They're, they're a team, the Rams are almost too much respected. They're, they're expected to win. They're expected all these things. But let's go out there and ram the ball down the throats. Maybe not with the running game, but with a passing game and really get in their face. Because Stafford's had a career of being sacked and hit all the time in Detroit. Let's remind him what them days were like and really get at him. I'll give you a Matt Stafford stat. He's never beaten the Titans. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I always like I, the guy. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Not just for that, but I know I do. Sunday? Um, no, he, that'll, be, that'll be tough. McVay won't underestimate us either. I think he's he's a superb coach and they're just a really well-run run football team, as we are. Um, should be a good game regardless um, Henry or no Henry, and um, we'll look forward to that. Shall we end with some non-Titans related stuff? Um, we've talked about the Titans for over three quarters of an hour, and uh, we had we had a lot to talk about. Um, but um, we've uh, we've got to end with something a bit more light-hearted. Um, Neil, you've uh, you've not been on for two or three weeks. Obviously, you've uh, you've not been well. We know that. I'm glad to see you. You're much better again, but I imagine there's probably the other thing that you want to get off your chest. Yeah, I mean, it is it is actually about COVID. Because um, I feel like, obviously, you know, everybody knows like 10 people that have had it. Uh, mm. and, and obviously, I've had it. I was quite ill for three or four days and then probably took maybe a week after that to, to, to sort of fully recover. But everybody I've spoke to about it, they don't want to hear about your symptoms. It really annoys me. It's like they really? ask you, they ask you like sort of how you were, so you can start a conversation, and then they can tell you how they were when they had it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Uh, I went out on Saturday night to a to a friend's wedding, doing it happened a couple of times. It's happened a couple of times with with people in the family as well. We're like, uh, oh, are you now? And then what? And were you really poorly? And, and, and then you start saying what you start. You're about to tell them, and they just cut you off and tell them everything that they had or all <laughs> symptoms they had when they had it. <laughs> I definitely noticed that when the vaccines were rolling out, and you 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 mentioned that oh, I've, I've just been jabbed, and oh no, I I had the Pfizer. Yeah, that was that was that much better. Yeah, I, 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 how's your arm? Are we saw what was what. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think yeah. it's probably a bit like that. It's funny, isn't it? Human nature. Yeah. You're like, you're like two or three days removed from being really poorly and you're listening to everything they had wrong with them six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I haven't had it touched wood, so uh, I'll happily yeah. hear about your symptoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that. I mean, uh, people, it's like, uh, it always reminds me when he was to talk about a football manager with my mates. I, I'd listened to what they were saying about their save, but really I just wanted to tell them about mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose it relates to fantasy teams as well. Yeah, you don't, so you don't hear about anyone else's else fantasy team. Oh, right, well, I'll, I'll stay quiet then. <laughs> um, actually, Mark, I'll come to you in, in a minute, Miles. I've got nothing to moan about. I just want to amuse you with a news story um, from the great people at the BBC. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Um, but it's it's still, regardless, it's just the easy default of where to get where to get your news. I think most British people do it out of habit. Um, but I just saw this story. Um, and the headline reads, Liverpool Greg's superfan gets tattoo of vegan sausage roll. Um, I'm going to name her Beth Quide. Um, it's, I mean, you, you can see, you can see, obviously you can't see if you're listening. Um, I'm just showing Neil and, and Miles. Um, Describe it. It looks like a sausage roll. It, it looks like a sausage roll in a clearly Greg's paper bag as well. They've got all that detail on, on the tattoo. Uh, um, it looks like a fish finger in a beach towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good description. Um, but 24-year-old Beth, who, who works at Boulder's Brass Tattoo Company in Liverpool, of course she does, um, had the idea after colleagues make jokes about her daily visits to the chain. Um, but She's she's elected to have a vegan sausage roll as a tattoo rather than the meat version, which is which is a bold choice. Uh, but the, I just it's the describing someone as a Greg super fan, the bit that tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know what constitutes being a Greg super fan. I just uh, think it's like Greg's, but I don't know if I'm classed as a super fan. I'm not that uh, committed. Uh, not enough to get a tattoo of a, a sausage roll on you. So, uh, what walkers cheese looking crisps I might do. <laughs> I mean, I go to Costa a lot, but I'm not getting a flat white tattooed on me anytime soon. <laughs> How does she, you know from the tattoo that it's a vegan sausage roll and not a normal sausage roll? Oh, you know. You know. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm because because she's vegan. You, that's how you know. Oh, of course, actually, yeah. <laughs> because there's a she doesn't want to hear opinion on your tattoo. She just wants to talk about her tattoo. <laughs> no, no. She don't want to know what you've had for tea. She wants to tell you about her uh, vegetable tagine. Vegetable tagine. Miles, finish the show off. Uh, and I'm going to finish it in style by talking about candles, <laughs> which is a sentence no one's ever said before in their life. I mean, I wasn't uh, expecting it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a big six foot six fan of scents and I love candles, um, mainly because my room normally smells of all the food I'm eating. So something has to uh, get rid of that aroma. And uh, it's a complaint <laughs> towards um, candles that come in. If, if you get like a medium or large size candle, everyone will know the different, makes, <coughs> the different makes, but there is a popular one um, that sort of sounds like, a word for what you call people from the US, I guess. Um, and when you're when you're obviously using the candle, it's dead I love easy. the fact you've gone to great lengths not to say Yankee Candle. Well, <laughs> actually, I'm going to say for sponsorship reasons. 
That's right. Miles of the Transatlantic Titans podcast uses Yankee candles. Other candles are available, but aren't as good. Well, they might be. They might not have the same issue. I don't know. We're going to find out. Oh, that's um, bad. <laughs> Once you've once you've got to a certain point with um, a candle where you go and light it, there's not enough of a, and I'm going to call it a nip, but I don't know what the scientific word is for the thing you light. Wick. Um, is, is wick scientific? Yeah, yeah. There you go. I should know that because I'm actually, hold on, in, in true fashion of showing pictures, even though we're on a thing, it says wick on my candle. I've just learned something. Um, once you get to a certain point, you can't light it anymore because the wick is, I don't know, gone, as it were. And then you're left with what I'd say is probably about, I'm looking at my one, probably about a quarter, maybe a fifth of candle left, of wax left, of which I can't light now. So I just have like endless amounts of just glass candles with like a fifth left that I can't light. Um, and that was all my complaint was. I know it sounds really, I mean, shock, it's niche. Um, <laughs> but, I'm just here. I'm just here trying to trying to light candles, and it gets to a certain point where I can't anymore, and then I'm buying new ones, and I'm just collecting fifths of candles. Can you make a super candle from all fifths? Oh, I'm, I'm sure if I was, <laughs> I can just spoon out all the wax and put it into a new one. And just... I've I've managed to use like kind of by accident, but to the point where I've done it deliberately, using like the spent match as the wick. If you get if you get it in there, it would leave the Leave the match in there and sort of shove it in where the wit would be. Um, you've obviously tried that, and that's not, not... No, euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so yeah, I, I've, I've just gone through the effort of every single time I get about a fifth full. My options are is that I leave it on when I leave the house just to get it all over and then risk fire. Um, <laughs> or I have done, and instead, I'm basically purchasing four fifths of a candle every single time I go out. Don't I'm, don't mess about with fire, kids. If you're listening, I was getting I was getting trouble with life because I'm like horrendously sensitive to smells, and I don't know why I have been all my life. And like she she lights a Yankee candle, and it gives me a headache, so I'm I'll go around opening all windows. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, with COVID, it's probably been more bearable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Thanks, Neil. Good to have you. Good to see you back. Well, again. Uh, thanks, Miles. Um, thanks anyone who's who's listened this far if you listen this far you know what you're getting by this point um but yeah next time next time we speak we'll be talking about the rams looking ahead to playing the saints um but get well soon derek that's the main thing um, i hope the surgery goes well and we can't wait to see you in the playoffs tighten up Bad Bad up, up.